This is the Hope Church Winter Garden Podcast for February 14th, 2016, from the series called The Blessed Life. We sit down, and we're going to go to a restaurant, and Diane says, where do you want to go? And I'm like, wherever you want to go, honey, because I'm a good husband. I don't want to be right. I want to be happy. So I'm like, wherever you want to go, we'll go where, what makes you happy? Let's go there. And so we threw out a couple places, and, and we end up going to one of the Asian restaurants. I don't know if it's China or something. So we get there. And uh, we get a reservation and on the app, and you can do everything but an app now. Everything's so convenient. Now, the convenience there is that if you don't show up, they charge you $10 per person. So it's really not convenient, but it's convenient. So we, get, so we, we register, and we, we get on there, and we walk in, and we sit down, and we're eating, we're eating our food. And my wife, who typically is a mind-mown a mind business, stick to myself, she says to the person next to me, what, did, what are you guys having? Now, mind you, we're in, Disney's so smart. They, 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 everything's more expensive, and, and they put you, like, next to someone. Like, you're, like, sharing a table with these people. And I was okay with it because I'll talk to these people all night long, but I'm, I'm with my wife. So she says, is that good? And I'm like, are you going to ask them for a bite? You know, like, <clears throat> she almost did. No, I'm just kidding. She goes, is that good? What did you guys get? And so she's like, so she's like what do you want? And, and I, in my mind, I've got to prepare uh, Vanessa, I got to prepare myself for what I want because I typically pick something I know she's not going to like, so I get to have my whole meal. It's a very selfish thing. I'm working to the generosity thing with you guys, you know. I'm in this with you, you know. And so I'm like, so she says, so she says, that good? Yeah, yeah. So we're eating our, we're eating our food. Our, our food comes out. They finish their food. And I don't know what happened, but we start talking to this couple. And they're on their anniversary. And they're, they're, they're probably... 60 or something, which it's not that old. Garmin, 60 is not that old. You know what I'm saying? It's not that old at all. So um, I get in trouble. The more I'm in, they're in my community group. When we, get in, when we get in community groups, I say more things that I shouldn't say. And so they're like, you called us old a few weeks ago. You're lucky we're back at your house for a community group. And so 60 is not that old. And 70, I don't care how old you are. It's not that old. You know, it's just a number. <laughs> so we're sitting next to them. Like, we're, oh, we're celebrating 30-something years. I'm like, man, that's awesome. I hope we can make it to 35 years. That would be, just be awesome. And so we're talking with them. And, man, Diana's family, Diana's, Diana's family has this long heritage of, of pastors. And, and so they end up knowing her grandpa. The, her uncle has spent time at their vacation home. And we're talking. We're just we, so, like, it, it turned. And I'm eating my, I'm listening because they're having, like, this whole little conversation. You ever get around Christians and they start talking about stuff you have no idea what they're talking about? Don't be that guy, okay? When you start saying things like bless you and sanctification, you, all these church words, no one knows what you're saying. When someone walks in and say, how are you doing? You say, oh, I'm blessed and stupendous and great, praise God. They're looking at you like, what the heck are you saying? Don't be that guy. So they're having this whole conversation about their church background, and I don't know anything what they're talking about. I'm eating my food. And uh, moms, I, I applaud you guys. I like my food to be hot. I like hot food. Moms that can let their kids, their, their food get cold. I'll, when I go to Chick-fil-A, I want to eat my food first and then I'll help my kids. You know, like, I want hot food. And so I'm just eating my food and I'm like, man, she's talking. I'm just going to, I'm taking stuff off her plate. You know, I didn't have to share. It worked out really, really good. I got to the end of the meal and they said, they had new Diana's and they loved, they thought they were sitting next to, to, to royalty, sitting next to Diana. They're like, man, you're, you're, you're Curtis Hudson's granddaughter? And they're like, and I'm like, who's her? I know her grandpa, he's an awesome guy, but they were just like, I thought they were going to, like, clean her shoes. Like, it was awesome. So he goes, we're going to buy your meal. We're going to buy your meal. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) 
That's what I'm talking about because I'm like, man, it's, it's blessed to give. It's more blessed to give than it, is, than it is to receive. And so my wife, she always does. It makes me so mad. But she's like, no, you don't have to do that. I'm like, yes, they do. This is going to be expensive. By the time we tip, we, you, we're going to tip 20%. And you got, if you're a Christian, you ought to be a good tipper. And so I'm like, you, this is going to be expensive. Like, if they want to buy our meal, let's let them. Why do we want to rob them of a blessing? They want, it's, and I'm like, man, Acts 20, 20 verse 35, it's, it's, blessed, it's more blessed to give. I'm like, let, we don't want to rob them, hum, of a blessing. We want God to bless their life. Let them buy our meal. And, um, and that's, a, that's a good feeling to have, to have someone give you something and be on the receiving end. But here's what I also know. I've been places too, and, and I, think gener- I think generous people attract other generous people. So I've also been places where I'm like, hey, let me, let me buy your meal. And we've done it before. We've been at a restaurant and I say, hey, let's, let's take care of those people's meal over there. And it feels better. I think, I'm, I think for me, and, and for a little bit of time, that I, I really feel like it is, for me, it is, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. I feel better. For the first five years of our marriage, we just strongly grew, we just strongly went into debt for the first five years of our marriage. Strong. We were good at going into debt for five years. And you know what? I've loved the last five years we've been out of debt. We've been able to, we've been able to be more generous because we're out of debt. It's hard to be, isn't it? When you're, when you're overwhelmed with financial burden, it's hard to be generous, isn't it? And so, man, being, being, having the, being able to climb out of that debt, it's very easy for us to say, okay, Kim, we want to help these people and we can help these people. We want to do something for these people. Yeah, they need this. Hey, we, we, we want to help them. And so it's better. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. The, the key to the blessed life is the heart of generosity. It's the heart of generosity, and God wants your heart to be a generous heart. He wants that. He wants your heart to be generous. And, um, and so we're going to look at a, 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 a text today in Acts chapter 5, verse 1, a story of a, of a man and a woman who attempted or had the idea of we want to be generous but totally missed it. And I think we can relate with that because sometimes we totally miss things that are so simple sometimes. Man, you totally... Missed it. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. But there was a certain man named, a man named Ananias. He got made fun of, by the way. Because his name is, I would have been calling him Anna if, I, if it was my friend. Because I'm a jerk. But he got made fun of. Anybody with the, the first three letters of their name is Anna. Like, you're getting called Anna. Like, his parents hated him, apparently. And so, we're going to call you Anna. So, his name is Anna. They're going to make fun of him. Anna. No, he's like, no, my name is Ananias. And so he says here, and I think people get shafted in the Bible all the time. These name, I don't know where they get these names from. Like, like where did you get them? And, and her name's not even better. Her name, is, her name is Sapphire. Hey, Ruby. Like, I don't, like, where do they get these names from? I'm just cool with regular names. So, but I didn't write the Bible. So, but there was, there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife, Sapphire, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, they kept the rest. Now, you've got you to catch up with me, or I've got to bring you up to speed. In Acts, Acts is an awesome, awesome, awesome book in the Bible. And it's all about the Holy Spirit doing supernatural things themed throughout this whole entire book. It's a phenomenal book. And, uh, and there's this idea that where the church comes in Acts chapter 2. And the church comes in Acts chapter 2 and 3,000 people in one chapter of the Bible, 3,000 people get saved and they get baptized. And then the church begins to grow exponentially. 
just, it's like doubling. Like two chapters later, it goes from 3,000 to 6,000 people, and it spreads. And the gospel goes all around the world, and all comes out of this axe, out of this, out of this, out of this axe here. And the gospel gets spread all around the world, and all these stories come from this, from this book. And so you have these people, they're trying to get the church advanced. So Michelle would come to her community group and say, hey, I want to go spread the gospel over here. And they would say, okay, cool, let's chip in. Let's get our money together. Let's get five bucks here. You get five bucks, you give 10 bucks. And let's give the money to Michelle. I'm going to say, Michelle, you want, I want you to go out there and I want you to, to, I want you to preach the gospel. Or in that same note, um, somebody would come and say, hey, we're hungry today. We have no food. Let's go to so-and-so's house and we'll take care of our food. Or, hey, we can't pay our, our power bill. They'd go to their community group and say, hey, I can't pay my power bill. Can you guys help me out? And so the church is taking care of the needs of the world. And their church is supposed to take care of the needs of the world. But for so long, the church has neglected the world. And so everybody else has taken care of the needs of the world. But before, back then, the church took care of everything. They took care of each other. They loved each other. And I want, for, I want as, as much as possible, I want our church to be a church that takes care of each other. So much that we're strong in here so we can, be, we can, reach, further, we can reach further out there. You know, I, 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 I saw this this week, or God gave me this idea this week. The church is not supposed to have walls on it. The church is not supposed to have walls. We're supposed to come here. We're supposed to celebrate what God's done. And we're supposed to go out there and be generous all week long. And then we come back and we celebrate what God's done through our generosity. That's what is, I love Sunday mornings. Because we get to celebrate what God's done all week long. I love that. I love hearing stories. I mean, look what God did here. Look what God did this. Um, a guy came up to me today and said, man, God's blessed us. I want to give this much to, to this truck that you guys are trying to buy. I, I love that we come. We can, we can just celebrate what God's doing all week long with each other. And you know what? And here's a good reason why you got to be in church. You need people to celebrate with. Wouldn't it be miserable if you had a birthday party by yourself? High five. You know, like, that'd be miserable. Hey, you got a promotion? Awesome, I got a promotion. You know, like, that's weird. We got to celebrate with each other, but we also, not only do we got to celebrate with each other, we got to be with each other whenever we're having a tough time, too. The church got to be there when we're, having, when we're having a tough time. We need someone to hold our, pick our arms up. And to carry us through, through life. And so they're taking care of all the needs. And they're, they're helping out. So Ananias and Sapphira says, "Hun, we got we to gotta, we gotta jump in. We got to jump in on this generosity thing. And let's keep on reading. Then Peter says to them, he brings them in. And they gave money to the church or to their, to their community group. And then Peter says, Ananias, um, why did you let Satan fill your heart? Why did you let Satan fill your heart? And I'm sure they're thinking, I... I didn't, I didn't let him. We didn't do that. And he, he begins to answer the question. You lied to God and you kept some of the money for yourself. And here's, this is so cool. This is, I, I love this. Look at verse, look at the verse four. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after you, and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away or to keep. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but you were lying to God. If you're gonna, he's like, if you're gonna steal, you don't wanna steal from God. He kind of sees everything. <laughs> he sees everything. He's like, what, do you, what, do you, what, do you, what are you guys doing? Anna, Sapphire, what are you guys doing? You, you're, steal, you're stealing from God. It, it was your house. It was your money to do as you please. You didn't have to sell your house. No one made you sell the house, but why are you keeping, or why, why are you lying? And it gets a little bit, gets a little bit uh, further in, into this. And he says this, um, verse 5. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he's having this conversation with Peter. As soon as he heard these, heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. 
You're like, Wes, this is the weirdest text that you've ever preached. I know. This is uncomfortable for me. <laughs> this, is the weir- this is the weirdest thing ever. And he says, she died. He died. Just like that. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. And some young men got up. They wrapped him in a sheet. And they took him out and buried him. Awesome. Cool, Wes. How are you going to turn this around, Wes? It's not over yet. I wish you could say it gets better, but it gets worse. The very next verse, about three hours later, his wife came in. Where if she, I don't know where she was at for three hours, but she was gone. Not knowing what had happened. I hate to be the guy that had to give that news. Hey, your husband lied and he's dead. Sorry. Sorry about that. So she, she has no idea what happened. I don't know where she was at. I could speculate, but I'm not going to. Maybe she was getting a pedicure. Because we've already proved they needed pedicures back then. Because <laughs> it was, they had ratchet feet in the Bible. They needed pedicures. Anyways, getting sidetracked. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price that you and your husband received on your land? And she said, yep. That was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young man who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. (laughs) That stinks, right? Like, this is the worst story ever, Wes. The very next verse, it says, verse 10. Instantly, she fell to the floor, and she died. And when the young men came in, they saw that she was dead. They carried her out. They buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. I'm going to unpack three different mindsets today in this room here. They'll they'll represent everyone's room today. I want to unpack those um, for us today as as a church. And, and, And here's what I know that most people get uncomfortable when we use the G word, generosity. But here's the thing, I, we, and, and, and here's what I know, I've, I've kind of said this all along the way uh, as a church, that God doesn't, God doesn't need anyone in here, he doesn't need your money. Did you know that Psalms records, that God, it says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Did you know this? This might be, no, this might be noteworthy today. Everything you own belongs to God. That is awesome preaching until you teach it to your kids. Because I'm like, son, put that away. That's my bike, dad. I said, no, it's not. This is my house. And like, no, you told us it's God's house. I'm like, they always use that against me. They'll say, I'll say, no, it's not. Who's, I'll say, he's like, give me that. I'll say, give me that son. And Tripp will say, that's mine, dad. I'm like, no, it's not. It's mine. I'm from the old school. My dad used to always take, my dad used to always tell me, that's mine. I I own everything in this house. I've taught my kids that God owns everything. God owns everything. Everything you have, the Bible says every good and perfect gift, it comes from God. God owns everything. And it's so nice to, that's so reassuring. Because here's the deal. If you need something, you can go to the one who owns everything. He owns everything. Everything out there, he owns that. I, I wish I could break down the word everything for you, except for to say that it's everything. He owns everything. 
We used to sing that song, he's got the whole world in his hands. That was a cheesy little Christian church song. But as I get older, I'm like, dang, he's got the whole world in his hand. Literally, it's hard for us to fathom ourselves because God sits outside of time. But I really believe that God literally, his hand sits underneath the earth like this. And God's hand can do that. You can't, and, and listen, for, your, for our little minds in here today, because we have little minds, don't ever, get for, don't ever get to the place in your life where you feel like, oh, I've got God figured out, because you never have God figured out. If you ever get to the point where you're like, man, man, God's a big God, when you find out God's a big God, you, you go one step further or one day step further, and you realize he's so much bigger. He, it seems like for me, as I get older, God gets bigger. He owns the whole world. He owns everything. And everything is Greek for everything. He owns everything. And so he gives them this house. God gives them this house. Here, this house is for you guys. Did they work hard to get it? Maybe. Did they save up? Maybe. This is for you. This is your, this is your house. You can do with it what you please. Then they decide, I'm going to sell the house. I want to sell this house, and I want to give the money to the church. I, I want we, we, everyone around us is doing it. I don't think they want to be generous. I think they wanted to do what everybody else around them was doing. That's why the Bible is so clear about this. The Bible, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. If you ever get to a place in your life where you're like, and you want, you're going to give or you're going to serve, it's almost better that God's like, just put your hands back in your pocket and just be okay with not giving anything and let God work on your heart. And then once he owns your heart, everything changes. And, and I, I want I to dispel that, that with you. I, I think that the main thing that God wants us to know today, and, and I think he wants us to know in our life, that God wants all of us. He wants everything that you have. I think some people, it's easy for us. God, I'll give you my relationship. No problem, you can have it. I'll honor you in my relationship. Cool. God, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you this, God. I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you my health, God. I trust you with my health, God. I trust you with my health. And then, God, I, not my job, God, you're not, God, you're not big enough to help me get a good job. I got this. You watch me. I'm going to knock this out. I'm going to get a good job, God, because you can't provide for that. He, he can take care of all of your needs. He's all sufficient. He's the one-stop shop for all that you need. And all that God wants is your heart. That's what he wants. You know what I found for me is that my heart and God's hands is a lot better than me controlling my heart. My heart in God's hands is way better. It makes more sense for God to hold my heart than it is for me to hold my heart. Because if I'm holding my heart, I make some of the most dumbest decisions. I make bad decisions. God wants, God wants your heart. God wants your heart. The key to a blessed life is a heart of generosity. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 through 25. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds un unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He, he, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Isn't that, isn't that a backwards economy? So let me get this straight, Wes. You're telling me that the Bible says a guy gave freely and he gained more? And another guy, he, he, he withheld and he came to poverty? 
that makes no sense. That makes no sense in our economy and our mindsets. But in God's, it works out perfect. It works out the way it's supposed to work out. So there's three different, there's three different mindsets. And about a visual aid for you guys today. You're welcome. And um, here's the first one. The first one is, is a, you can write this down, it's, it's a bag mindset. The Bible says this. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes in it. Some of us in our our mindset of generosity is, well, Wes, all I have is this little bag. And there's holes in it. And there's, I won't, if I, if I'm generous, I won't have enough, Wes. This looks silly, doesn't it? Wes, I have this, I got some money in it. <laughs> What's wrong with me, Amy? Uh, I've got some money in it, and I, I've got some stuff, but Wes, I just, there, if, if I give generously or if I'm generous, I won't, I won't have enough. Just, I won't, I'll, I'll never ever have enough if I had this bag. There was a guy in the Bible, he, he, he held the bag. He, he had a bag and he held the most important bag of money ever. It was Jesus' banker. His name was Judas. And he had the bag, and he carried the bag around. He was the guy in charge of the money. That's all his job was, to be the guy that carries the money around. If Judas wanted money, he could have just got some money out of there, but he didn't. He wanted more. And he took money, he took the idea of money and this idea of greed, and he used money to sell out Jesus. There's the bag mentality. And I think that's for some of us, that's, that's our mindset. Wes, I, would, I want to be generous, but I just, I'll, what, what about me? I'll never, if I, there won't be enough to go around if I don't, if, if, if I'm serving people, if I'm, if I'm going out to eat people even, I'm, I'm buying them a meal, how am I going to get my meal tomorrow? I, I won't have enough. We serve a God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, but we think that God can't provide a $50 water bill or God who can't provide whatever the X is that you need in your life. And so there's the bag mentality. Not only is there a bag mentality, there's, the, there's a basket mentality. There's a basket mentality. Verse four of Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse four, it says this, the fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. And here God's telling to you, you're going to be blessed. And so some people, it's a basket. It's a basket. There's this idea of it, there's, there's more than enough. There's more than enough. So I, Wes, I, I believe that there's, there's more. I, I got a basket, Wes. I, I, I believe that. I've got a basket. There's no holes in my basket. I've got, I've got a lot. And, and that's why I asked some of you guys in here to say, how many of you guys want to be blessed more? I think that you want to be blessed more. A basket, it doesn't end at the basket. There's, there's one more, and we'll get to that in just a second. But it's so easy to be caught in the bag. And then if we get past the bag set, we're like, man, if I keep some, then, then maybe, I can, maybe I can have a, a basket. This is, this is good enough. There's, some, there's no holes in this wicker basket. There's no, no, no coins can fall through this. No, no, dollar, no blessings can, can fall through this. And, and I want to go one step further, further about, about blessing. I think so many people are generosity. I think so many people think generosity, we automatically think of dollars. I hope we don't limit, to, I hope we don't limit generosity to just dollar bills. I hope we don't, just, we don't limit God to 
to our finances or blessing to us our finances. I, I think you see a couple that's been married for, for 35 years. We're sitting next to them at the, at the restaurant there. Guys that are running a successful business. And he just, you could tell that he, he, he had maybe this, this basket mentality that he had a lot. And God always took care of him. And you could hear that in his conversation. You ever meet someone, you're like, man, they can just, they're just blessed. You can just tell they're blessed. I think if you're married for 35 years, I think, that, I think that's, that's blessing. Because <laughs> that's an eternity. It's a long time. Lord, help me get there. <laughs> that's a long time. So there's a bag, and then there's a basket. And I don't want either one of you guys to live, a, a live in a bag life. I don't want you that. I don't want that for you. I don't, I don't want you to, I don't even want you to be in, in the basket. One of, one of our core values, um, one, of, one of the things that we say in our, in our core values in our next step is that we, don't, we, we believe in a God of abundance, not just enough. The Bible tells us that there's only one thief in the world, and it's Satan. And the Bible tells us that Satan comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But God says, I've come to give you an abundant life. We believe in an abundance at our church. We believe that. We want God to overwhelm you in every area of life. We want God to bless you. We want to live blessed lives. We want God to bless every one of you guys in here today. We want that for you guys. We have people in here today that you own your own businesses. And I say to all of our people who own their businesses, I want God to bless their businesses. I really want that. I, there's not one person in my life that says, you know, I hope God puts them into poverty. There's not, I don't know what, I don't, I've, never, I've never thought that. I've never said that. I want people to have more. A guy said to me the other day, he goes, man, we need, we, I'm, I'm trying to get this house. It's on a lake. I want God to bless that guy with the house on the lake. And then I want him to bless me with a friend who owns Aaron Atik so we can wakeboard behind it. Like, I want God to bless. I want God to bless you. Here's the thing. It doesn't really matter if I want God to bless you. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless his children. And for so long, we've, we've grown up in different churches or we've had different backgrounds. We think that God's out to take from us. God's not out to take from you. And here's the deal. If you heard that for so long and you think, and you in your mindset, I think God, is, God wants to take from me, then show me that in the Bible so we can talk about it. Because you can't find it in any place in the Bible where God just wants to take from you. And God's this killjoy. You can't find that. And God's a dream killer. You can't find that in the Bible. You, you've heard it before. You've heard it preached before. How many of you guys have heard that preached before? God wants to take from you. God, wants, God has listening that he wants from you. I think we all have. We all get to, we've all been in that church before where, where God, if you don't do this, then God's going to take from you. God's going to give you. Everything I see in the Bible, I don't see God taking. I see God giving. Ultimately, he gave his life. Do you think he gets generosity? I'm not giving my son to die for any of you guys in here today. <laughs> I love you, but I ain't give you my son. Maybe, my, maybe trip. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not going to do that. I don't think, so anyways, I don't want you to have a bag mentality. I don't want you to have a basket mentality. I want you to have a barn mentality. The Bible says this, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The barn mentality is this, there's infinitely more than enough. I don't want you to have a bag. I don't want you to feel like, man, God, there's, God can't provide. I don't want to get to the thing where you're like, oh, man, God's, God's blessed me enough. I had enough. God's blessed me enough. 
I want to get to your point in your life where you where you're like this guy. He says, "Not God's just infinitely more. God's infinitely, He's infinitely more than enough. Way beyond what I can even imagine or think." Abel, you can come up and help me finish this off. We went to a. Um, I got into a season in my life where I was giving money out to homeless people at a church I worked at in Jacksonville. And one time I gave money out to a homeless person, and about 10, 15 minutes later, I walked out of the out of the building out of my office building, and I saw a guy walking out of Winn-Dixie with a six-pack. Um, so I went up to him, and I said, what kind of beer is that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I, it made me mad. It made me mad. I was like, I gave you stinking money, and you're buying beer with it? You told me you were hungry? It made me mad. Uh, my wife, one time, she pulled up on Michigan and I-4, and she had donuts in her car. My wife is afraid. My wife, she's a, she's a lady who, who, who has fear. She doesn't, if I, most of our marriage, if I leave town, she has someone come spend the night with her. She's lived with a night, if anyone knows, she's lived with a nightlife, most of, a nightlight with most of her life through college. She has nightlight. I'm like, you're 20, like, no more nightlights. Um... So now there's more kids. If I leave town, my eight-year-old, my five-year-old, at least my eight-year-old, they'll sleep in the bed with her. I hate that she does that because then when she leaves town, they expect I'm going to let them sleep in the bed with me. I don't want them. For one to three nights, four nights, I get to sleep like this, spread eagle. I don't want anybody in the bed with me. I don't want anybody in the bed with me. I'm like, just because your mom will let you do it. Don't mean I'm going to let you do it. Go get in your bed. Sleep on the floor. If my kids call, my, my, my five-year-old will come in the room and, can't sleep. I'm like, you better get on the floor or go get back in your bed, but you can get in my bed with me. Um, she stopped and she went to give this guy donuts and he opened up, the, he had the audacity to open the box and say, oh, I don't like any of those. I wish I would have been there. I would have thrown those donuts at him. That's the step one. Let's get out of here. Um, and so I didn't give, I didn't give money for a while. Well, our church went into a season like this. To a, we went into a 40 days of, of, of generosity. It was 40 days of generosity. And our church came to us and said, hey, here's a list of things. I just want you to bless people for 40 days. I just want you to bless people for 40 days. And that's so countercultural. Like, it's usually, what can I get? What can I get? How can I get ahead? What can I get? How can I get ahead? And so for 40 days, and so in the midst of that, God said to me, hey, Wes, I'm going to redeem that situation in your life. You remember when you didn't want to give? You remember when you quit giving to people? You gotta stop. The pastor got there and said, God doesn't, it's not your job to figure out what people are gonna do with the money. It's your job to let what God comes through you. Your job is just to be the, the giver. Your job is just to be the, to put in their hands. What they do, it's not up to you. God, if God says you're supposed to give that person, you're supposed to give that person. You're not supposed to say, I wonder what you're gonna do with that. Let me smell your breath. Let me see if you have alcohol in your breath and then I'll let you know when I'm gonna give you the money or not. We're not supposed to do that. He said, you're, you're supposed to give. If, you're, if God told you to give, then you just give it. And so I got to this place where I'm like, okay, cool, got it. So we're in 40 days. And it was like God just began to work on my, work on my heart and this idea of generosity. And so the first day I, I'm out and I'm like, I, I call someone. So I'm like, hey, let's get lunch today. I'm going to buy for you. And, I, and I, like, I just didn't give to people that I thought were, were homeless. So I would go out. So I'm like, I'm going to bless you. So I would call a guy and say, hey, let's get lunch. And the bill would come and say, I got this. 
which that wasn't abnormal for me, but I'm like, I was being intentional about blessing people. So I'm like, hey, let's, let me, let me, let me take care of you. A homeless guy in that middle of that season, a homeless guy walked into our, our, our thing and said, I'm homeless. All I need is $25 to get my ID card. And I was like, walked into my, I walked into my office, pulled out $25 and I said, here you go. And I said, you know, God bless you. And he got his, and he, I don't know, I don't know if he got his ID card. I don't know. I just knew that God was telling me, hey, in this season, you're going to give, you're not going to calculate the gift. You're going to calculate the generosity. You're just going to be generous. And so I did that. And next thing, my wife and I are, let's, let's go out with such and such couple. We go out to eat. And man, I swear to you, every time that we would give to somebody, the next day it would be given unto me. The Bible says, whatever you, whatever you reap, you sow. The, the, the reaping and sowing principle. If you, if you, if you, if you sow in, you're, you're going to reap. If you put in, you're gonna, if you put a seed in the ground and you put it in, in, in dirt and you pour water on it, it's, it's gonna grow. Whatever you put in, it, it's gonna come out. And so I, I got to the season of my life and I, I'm doing this. And like, so that my wife and I, we'd take someone out to eat and then the very next day we'd go out to eat and come like, no, we got this. And it was like this back and forth. And I was like, God, I'm done. I'm not giving anybody else any money because I, I'm just not. My Diana's grandpa calls me and says, hey, can you drive me out to up the turnpike about 20 more, 15 more minutes? And I'm, I'm guilty of driving on empty. I'm guilty of that. I'll, I'll confess that sin to you guys today. It's a bad idea. So I, I, drop, I take him out there and he says, leave me here. So-and-so is going to come pick me up. And he was showing me some project. And so I get in the car. And it was a season of my life when we were, we're still in debt. So I don't have a whole lot of money. And I, I'm low on gas money. So I get in my car and I, I'm on the turnpike. And it seemed like it was 20, 25 miles to the next gas station. I don't remember where I was at. I just know I was far away from home. And I was like, God, and I, I was so bad on the empty thing that I, as soon as the E light, the light came on, I knew I had 25 miles in my, in my old Ford Explorer. With my Honda Accord, I can go like 50 miles around empty. It's awesome. 35 actually. But anyway, so, so man, I coast this gas station. Car shuts off. I get there and I'm, I, I get in there and I put, put gas in my car. And I get to church next Sunday and, and Diana's grandpa comes and goes, hey, here's 50 bucks how much it was here's 50 bucks I'm like dang it well we had this girl that worked for us she was up she's our um, one of our children's director and she, her name was Brittany Brittany Walsh and Brittany came up to me and she says hey do you know a mechanic my car is my car is not working I said yeah I, I know a mechanic but better yet than you just take it to the mechanic I'm gonna give you my car for four days you can have my car for four days she's like no 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 so I called one of my kids in our youth group we drive my car drop it off in an apartment complex I put my key on the tire call Brittany I'm like hey Brittany my, my keys are my, my keys are on my tire you, you have to take my car now you got it for, for four days or as long as you need it and I'll bum rise the kids in the youth group or my wife and I will share a vehicle you'll be fine just you can have it and so so she drove it for four days she drove it on a Sunday Monday Tuesday on Wednesday night and she goes hey you can have your car back it's in the church parking lot I got done with youth service I go to get in my car and I'm like oh man she washed my car she's a college kid. I'm like, she washed my car I like a clean car and, and I, I get news because I noticed that the car was clean because she even looked like she spent the extra five bucks and had the tires shined, which that's the best part of a car wash is having nice looking tires. And so I get done with it. And so I, I that was back then that was, it was Nextel's. And so I, I, I think I might've called her a text and said, hey, thanks so much for washing my car. And I get in there and she had put gas in it, which is like a, that's crazy for a college kid to put gas in your car. You know what I'm saying, moms and dads? Like, you're like, oh, you put gas in my car and you clean. I'm like, this is awesome. This generosity thing is awesome. I love this 40 days of generosity. And so I text her, hey, thanks so much for washing my car. And she says, she texts back, she goes, I didn't wash your car. And then my phone died. 
So I go upstairs, I plug my phone in, and I'm like, I think she said she didn't wash my car. And so I plug my phone in and I run downstairs. Do you remember this thing? I run downstairs, I go into my to my garage and I have a flashlight. It's like the only tool that I own. And so um, it's not even a tool, but you can, that's, that's where I'm at. So I grab this flashlight and I run out, I run downstairs, Scott. <laughs> All my friends are like, oh, we gotta help this guy man up. And so, and get some tools. I brought three of my tools today, they're right there. And so I've, I've, I've I got a toolbox now, it's awesome. I'm, I'm like, like the manliest man you know. Not really. So I, I get to the point where I'm like, I'm like, I grab this flashlight, I, I run downstairs, I go out, I, I grab a flashlight, I go outstairs, and I've got this flashlight, and I'm looking at my car to see if she could look, watch. And I look down at my tires, and my tires are brand new. And I'm like, this college kid can't afford to get her car fixed. I'm letting her use my car. This is before Uber, all you high school and college kids. Are like, hey, why don't you just Uber? You know, like, duh, we didn't have it back then. So I've got four brand new tires on my, on my car. And the other ones were ratchet. The wire was sticking out, mad ratchet. And so I'm like, man, she put, I got four. I said, hon, I got four new tires on my car. This 40 days of blessing thing is gonna work. I like this. This is gonna be a new lifestyle. We're gonna be everywhere we go, we're just gonna give because when every time we were giving, man, it was like God just every time we would give out, it was like we'd receive and we would give and then we would receive and we would give and we would receive and we would give and we would receive. And it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to give anymore because like and then that was like the last that was like that one of the last days of the 40 days of blessing. So she's like, hey, someone from the church bought you new tires. So I go to the glove apartment, I open up the glove box, I take out the receipt, and I like they like markered it out so you couldn't see the number. I'm like, I'm, I wonder how much this cost. This is expensive, I think, because I never bought tires before. That's what I had parents for, you know? And so I look in there and the tire package was like $700. And I'm like, dang, someone's rolling. And it wasn't that someone was rolling, it was that someone got generosity. Someone got generosity. And you know what I want for you and, and, and your heart is, and God wants, your, God wants your heart to get generosity. He wants that for you. He wants you to trust him with every area of your life. And I promise you, when we give, it's, it's, this, this, is, this is terrible preaching right here. I, it's so dangerous. When you give, it's like you just begin to receive. And I, it sounds weird coming off my lips, but it's so weird. Like every time I would give, like I receive and I would give and I receive and I would give and I would receive it. It is, it's the weirdest thing. Cause like, like, man, stop, God, stop. And then I'm reminded God wants to bless his children. He wants you to have the blessed life. He wants you to have that. God doesn't wish poverty on any of you guys in here today. He wishes the blessed life, but you know what we do? We're like, God, I'll never have enough if I give. And so we, you know what happens? You don't ever have enough. If you think you're never gonna have enough, if you give, you never have enough. Well, Wes, I, I, I'm doing pretty good, Wes. If you're doing pretty good, who would, who would trade pretty good for pretty great? Not one person. I don't, you're silly if you've done that. I don't want God to give me anything more than I have. But that'd be silly. Over the next few weeks, we want you to become, and we want God to get into your heart and allow you to be generous. And here's the deal. You know who's going to win in that? Not God. You know who's going to win in that? This is, like, I don't even, I don't even know if this is, this is so weird. You're going to win in that. You, you become generous and you win. That, that doesn't make sense. I know. That's how God works a lot of the times. One man gives freely and he gains even more. 
another another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Can I tell you what I know from Rob Georgine to Rob Garmin? Generosity is going to look different in both of their lives. From Amy to Amy to Amy. It's going to look different in, back there. It's going to look different in all of our lives. We're trying to raise this money. Uh, we're trying to raise money for this church. The first guy said, I'm going to give you $5,000. I'm like, this is going to work. We got this, son. Trying to raise 100 grand. And then we got home. He goes, I'm going to give you another five grand in six weeks. I'll take it. I'm not like, no, I don't want you to be... No, don't do that. <laughs> Come on, show me the money. One guy says, I can, I, can, I can probably give you 10 grand. I said, we'll take it. Another guy said to me, I can, I can give you five grand, and they gave us five grand. Another guy said, I can give you five grand, and another guy said, I can give you five grand. And we had a couple in our church, they gave us the very first $3,000 to even start this church to get incorporated. And the next person would give, and the next person would give. I had one guy came up to me, he says, I want, I, this was, was, was right when we announced it, he goes, I want to be the first pastor in. He reached into his pocket and he pulled out a hundred dollar bill and he put it in my hand. And that seemed, and, and, and so I was like, oh, this is awesome. I've had some people, I, I've spoken to this one guy's life and he says, hey, I want you to go to Walmart. I'm going to send you some money through a money gram. Like, and I'm thinking, if I'm sending you money, though, that must be, a, that sounds like a wire transfer to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is going to be good. I got there, it was $38.50. I'm like, you had to wire $38.50? You could have sent that in the mail. If you lost it, we'd be okay. But you know what I know about $38 and $100 and $5,000 and $5,000 and $10,000 and $100 for all those people, that was their generosity. That was their generosity. And that's just what they, that's what they chose to give. That was their generosity. I'm setting up in here today and we get here at 7 a.m. One of our newest people, uh, newest dream team members going through next episode this week, she walked in, I'm like, it's 8 a.m. Like, you're like really early. She's like, I came to help. That's her generosity. That's her generosity. Another guy, I'm a, I'm a computer guy. I'm, I'm, I'm a web developer, Wes. I'm gonna give you guys, a, I'm gonna give you, a, I'm gonna design your website for you and do it for free for you. We had that happen to us twice. We had it with a, two different people. Uh, that's my generosity. A guy that comes in and says, I'm going to set up my camera, I'm going to video this, and I'm going I'm to make these videos for you. That's their generosity. I don't want to, I'm not here to tell you what your generosity is. But here's what I'm telling you. God wants to give you, and God wants to fill up your heart with love for people. And in return, he wants you to go out and be generous. Because he himself is generous. The greatest act of generosity known to this world is Jesus. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your wealth, honor the Lord with your first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Hey guys, if we're responsible with little, if you're responsible with little, God's going to give you more to be responsible with. Let us be a church that's responsible with little. Man, I wish I could make $600,000 a year, Wes. You can't even be responsible with $60,000. How can God trust you with $600,000? It's just he just can't do it. He can't. He's not not a foolish God. 
He's a generous God, but he's not a foolish God. Why would he give you something that's gonna ruin your life? It doesn't make any sense, does it? This is simple, it's practical. He wants you to live a life of generosity. And in all that, you win. He doesn't need that. The guy that owns all the banks in the world doesn't need your 10%. He, he, he doesn't need our money. He wants our heart though. He wants our heart. And here's the deal, if he can't, if, if we're not gonna be, if I'm not gonna be generous, God will find the guy next to me to be generous. And God will just funnel more through that guy. And we'll talk about that in, in the weeks. I mean, let's be a church that's generous. Bow your head and close your eyes.